Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Reach for Hope. I'm Melissa Anderson and welcome to the new year of 2022. You know, with this new year, uh, we're hoping to turn over a new leaf, so to speak, especially when it comes to preventing suicide with us today to talk about that. And what's going on here in Southwest Utah is Sherry Lindsay, director of the Utah Southwest Behavioral Health Center here in St. George. Thanks for joining us, Sherry. You bet. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you have uh, been working with Southwest Behavioral Health Center here for a couple of years or longer, actually, since you became the director. Tell us about what you do and what is Southwest Behavioral Health Center? So... Southwest Behavioral Health Center is the local mental health authority to serve the community. The state of Utah is divided where every county has a local mental health authority to provide services for the population. I'm the clinical director. And so my position is to handle any of the programs that we administer. And to give you an overview of what we do, we deal with mental health and substance abuse issues. We deal with youth and adult and we have outpatient programs, residential programs. We do a lot of prevention programs that our coalition is associated with. So we, and we try to be a community resource for St. George for, we're in Beaver, Panguitch, Kanab, and Iron County and Washington County. Yeah, that's quite an area to cover. So can you give us some statistics as we're talking about suicide ideation um, over the years that, that where we're sitting with that in Washington County, because I know Washington County has been up there in the past. We have. And we I know a lot of people were concerned about with the lockdowns of COVID that the numbers would skyrocket. What we saw instead were the suicide numbers went down, but our um, outreach numbers went way up, which is ideal. That's what we want to see. That's why we put numbers everywhere for people to call. And so we did, we saw a significant increase in our crisis calls throughout this time. Yeah. And we're looking at a graph right now uh, on the screen for those who have the video portion of this. Tell us what we're looking at. So this is, uh, it says the suicide attempts by local health district in Utah and it's showing um, the different years. So you can see we're right in the middle there, Washington County, Southwest region, and our numbers have gone down. Um, I wouldn't say it's significant, but they have gone down in the last three years. And that's from 2016 to 2019. Right. And what's the numbers on the side? Is that 20%? That is, yeah, we went from a 20%, right above 20% to about uh, 15, 16%. Yeah. So it's really good to hear that people are using those resources. They're reaching out for help, which is what this show is all about. It's what the Reach for Hope Coalition is all about. And I really, I want to talk about that here uh, in a minute, but we know that thoughts of suicide can be related to mental health. Obviously, that's why you're in the business. Please explain to us then from your clinical standpoint, why it's so important for people to seek out some sort of mental support or help. I, 
You know, thinking about this, when people are depressed in a state of even moderate depression, severe depression or anxiety, your thoughts are not always helping you problem solve at the time. So reaching out to a mental health professional can really help you work through what your thoughts are. You know, I'll talk to, as a therapist, I'm a therapist and talking to people, their thoughts are pretty distorted at this time. They don't understand how important they are to people. They feel worthless. And I think walking through the process with somebody to get back to understanding why you need to be around and what you, how you contribute to society is crucial to th- people. I think everybody feels like they need a purpose um, in life, and I think that purpose is needs to be shed on some light on, on, exactly. on occasion, too. Yeah, and there's times we just don't can't see it on our own, and yeah. we need outside help. And now, they, they say that suicide, you know, obviously it, it impacts all age groups. Um, we, we have youth populations that were really high for at risk here yeah. in, in, in Utah. But uh, what are the certain age groups then that are at higher risk? Yeah, I think we do concentrate a lot of time, and I as well, I think we should, on youth and helping them through mental health crisis. But um, one of our higher suicide groups is middle-aged men. And I don't know that that group gets addressed as often. And so I think that needs to be brought up that this is a... Um, an age group that we do see with men and women, it's the highest suicide rate we see is about the 45 to 54 year old age group. Yeah, and uh, that's the ones that probably they don't even maybe reach out for help as much because they feel the struggles and and maybe they just feel like, well, I should have it all together by now. Yeah, like I take care of everybody else. I shouldn't have to have other people take care of me. And we do want mental health professionals to be able to help, but the people are, that are gonna know there's a problem, it's the family, it's the coworkers, it's neighbors. They're going to notice the difference. And that's why we're trying to educate the community so those people will be comfortable in reaching out to people and asking how they're doing, saying, I've noticed you seem to be upset, is everything okay? You know, we're worried we have to say the perfect thing and we have to be like a therapist and say it just right. But some of the most useful things are, how are you? I've noticed you're struggling. I'm worried about you. Can I do anything to help? So that pressure of feeling alone and feeling like you have to handle everything eases when somebody will take the time to ask you, can I help you? And I think that taking time is is important. Um, and that's what you guys have been teaching out there, um, the QPR, asking yeah. that. Tell us a little bit about that and how you do the training for asking those questions. Right. QPR is set up to, it's a two-hour training, and we've done it throughout the community. We've done it through community groups, school groups, church groups, wherever people are wanting to know. We required at Southwest for all our employees that they do it, but it's question, persuade, refer. And question is just ask that you need to ask, how are you doing and are you feeling suicidal? We worry that, you know, it's really naive to think just asking that question is going to make somebody feel suicidal. That's not how it works. It is, it's a relief for somebody to think that. 
And, you know, I've had to go in and do evaluations and ask people that question. And I haven't had anybody be upset just that I asked. It has consistently been, thank you for asking. And maybe no, I'm not feeling, I am depressed, but I'm not suicidal or yes, I am. And just being able to say those words can help people. And then persuading is letting them know what the help is, letting them know you want them around, letting them know they're not alone and and referring is knowing what resources you can help them get to. And there are a lot of resources in there our are. community and you have those, that information. We have that on our website Good. as well, reachforhopeutah.org as mm-hmm. well as, as Southwest. Um, now here's something that I heard through the grapevine that there's a new receiving center that's planned out by the jail here in Washington County. Tell us uh, about that. What is that and who's going to operate it? Okay, Southwest is operating it. We were donated the property through Washington County. It's next to the DMV and that's property they owned. Um, But the state of Utah has given us the money to build the building and it's being designed right now and it's going to be a beautiful building. The purpose of that is people that are in and it can be a mental health crisis or a substance use situation, detoxing. But the only resources now are you go to the hospital or maybe you get arrested for, especially if it's a detox situation. And we really want that. We want in the continuum of care for there to be other choices for people. So if somebody's feeling suicidal, they can come out there and it gives them 23 hours that they can be there. That's sort of the standard. They'll get evaluated by a therapist, uh, someone to talk to. And crises don't last for hours and hours. We always think they do, they're permanent. But, you know, people can be in a tough situation and just need some time to relax. So that's what this gives them time to just take a break. So would there be family members that could bring someone out there yes. or how would that work? How do they, and, and are they admitted? They are admitted, but it is not a lockdown unit. Okay. So they can also leave if they choose to. We anticipate family members. I anticipate people will walk up and say, I just need help. I just need a break. I need to get away. And We know the police need more options of who they can bring. If somebody's having trouble in the community, but they don't want to arrest them, but they feel they need a break, they'll be dropping them off. Yeah, jail is not a good place to put people who are feeling suicidal because they, if they're left alone, they they could try to attempt. It's a tough place. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity that our police will have to have more options because I do know they want that. How, How soon are we looking to get this up and going? They are breaking ground um, later this month, and I think we'll be running by October. Oh, wow. That's great news to hear. And how many will it hold? It will have 16, place for 16, I mean, a combination of like recliners and chairs. We're not going to have beds. We're also going to have a high-intensity residential unit for people who need longer, and we'll have another 16 beds. So it's going to be a good-sized facility. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that the state is giving you the money to do this because it's something you really need down here. We're fortunate to have that in the Access Center and and things that have really developed over the years that we didn't have here before. Yeah, it's a real continuum of care now. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about how closely then your uh, organization works with prevention, other suicide prevention efforts like Live On campaign and 
and and the new you know that came out i think right around the time covid came out to to live on and i know that there's some efforts there to to try to get this message out that there's always hope but there's always help and live on i mean to get the word out yeah I, it's a great program um the live on program and our reach for hope coalition as well as southwest behavioral health center are working together with the live on media campaign to promote the resources as you said word needs to get out so we're working really hard to make sure that happens and our target population actually i don't know if people would consider the um, assume this but it is for senior population we feel like they're a very underserved population and they're dealing with mental health issues so that's who we're focusing on. And I think that's going to be another great addition to resources and services for people. And I think as this year gets on further, we're going to see um, some signs and some things up that people will be uh, appreciating. Yeah, to that. know how to access all the resources. Right. Yes. Um, there's other apps out there like the Safe UT app, which I know has saved some lives. How successful have you heard that that is? I think it's an amazing program in um, that the app is accesses, somebody can get into a therapist uh, through the app and just be talking to somebody. It's set up for youth, it's set up for first responders, military people, and now there's a safe app for National Guard as well oh. so they're working on expanding resources but i mean that's the ideal is i need to talk to somebody i have an app and i can talk to somebody i think that's great we also have at southwest we have our crisis services and people can call in and get help you know and those are used by a lot of people it's not only the person in crisis when i have done the crisis lines i've had family members um, call in and just say i need information is this a warning sign do i have a problem here that i should be dealing with and having talking to a specialist in the area to say what do i need to do to help my family member so i think if you're having a problem it doesn't just expand of how you think those things can be used. And if you have questions and you're not the one you're worried about, but still feel like this is the place to call. And what's, is there a phone number? Or that will be the, the safe app is what I'm it's talking what about, but okay. as well as MCOT, the 1-800-273-8255. And that's yeah. been the live on right. number, yeah. but that's the one that all the information goes through. That's great information. So, I've heard about this new number that we're looking for. Yeah, you've nationwide. been here for a while, huh? Uh, it, I've heard it was 988. It hasn't come out yet. We have the 1-800-273-TALK. Right. Um, but it, when is that supposed to come out? From everything I understand, I mean, it's a really complicated process to get a nationwide number going. But we should be getting it either in July or sometime this fall. But it will be this year, for yeah. sure. We are there. Right. Um, let's go back to the suicide, the reach for hope coalition of which I'm actually a board member on, which is why I take such a great interest in this. Um, we have board members and volunteers and people in the community that try to help out with that. Tell us about, um, there's a picture we're going to put up here with coalition members that I think was taken last year. We took our masks off to take this photo, but how can we do better as a society in the prevention of suicide besides talking about it? I mean, we need to talk the talk, but we need to also walk the walk and, and we need volunteers and people to kind of reach out to, to help with this effort. 
We do, and I think a lot of things we have to do, like you say, once we've started talking about it, we can almost be in the crisis level then. So what we're trying to do in the prevention efforts and the Reach for Hope Coalition are all to help us kind of get upstream of the problem and help people before it becomes a crisis. So our prevention program at Southwest is excellent in what they do because there are things that we call protective factors um, in youth it can be that they feel safe in their neighborhood, that they're connected to other people than just their parents. Mm-hmm. They have other adults that are they know are there to help them. They feel good in school. They have good friends. Um, and I, I don't think it's that different with adults. I think the isolation that a lot of adults feel causes the same problem. So I know we talk a lot about the youth and this, but if adults are thinking, how can I be doing better? It will be connection. It will be reaching out, maybe doing some volunteer work, getting involved in something where you're starting to have a cohort of people surrounding you. Um, The other thing they've looked at is family dinners and depression. You may have seen the um, commercials they run on TV, but depression drops depending on how many nights a family gets together for dinner mm-hmm. in adults. And it's a significant drop. But the same thing for, I th- my guess is it's helping the parents and helping other family members as much as it's helping the youth. And that connection helps. And then suicide and screen time, the lower the amount of screen time, the suicide rate drops as well. And again, that applies to youth, but I think it also applies to adults. So we do need to do good mental health care for ourselves as adults and be thinking about how we feel better and getting ourselves out of bad habits and reaching out for ourselves and recognizing it's okay if we need to reach out. Well, yeah, and it's not a perfect world. I mean, um, anybody can be lonely or depressed at any time. So that's not a crime. No, but we act like it is and we talk like it is. I Uh mean, we're a very open society, but when we start talking about mental health issues, we we are not as much, you know, I have gone through periods of depression in my life where I've needed medication, I've needed help and you know, even working at a mental health agency, you, sometimes it takes a little bit of nerve to be able to tell people that. But it's crucial that we are open enough. And that wasn't a crime. That wasn't bad. It's just what I was dealing with at the time. And I needed to go and get the help that I needed. So it's got to be one of the last things that we really have to start talking about it so people don't feel like they need to be shamed because of their mental health issues. Yeah, and loss of a family member or a friend or, you know, losses are a big thing. I mean, if you you lose a family member or a friend or or just anybody, that's really a tough time. I mean, people need to reach out and be peers and mentors and friends and and, uh, maybe comfort that person. Absolutely, and I think we've had a couple of years of loss because of COVID with people feeling isolated and people losing family members and reaching out. The problem is sometimes we're willing to give people only a short time to grieve. You know, it's like, well, you've had three months, you ought to be okay. But it's the one year anniversary of events, the two year anniversary. It's an ongoing thing that we need to reach out. Yeah. And it's, and it's a tough thing. We've got Valentine's day coming up. 
Right. And uh, to many, Valentine's Day is a great day because they've got their loved one and, they, and they've got their family members around them and they bring them a little cookie or, or a gift or they go out to dinner or something. But what about those who don't have someone? Uh, wouldn't it be nice if we just touched up with those people and said, hey, how can I That's ha- a good happy point. Valentine's Day? How can I serve you? Because I think it's about love and closeness and friendships and neighborhoods. And, and I don't think we do enough of that. And I think it's, you know, our how we present. That's a great example is Valentine's Day is the only way to do it properly is be with somebody else, a couple. You know, that's the only appropriate way. And I like how you're expanding the idea of having a group of friends get together, having or just I hate this holiday, but I'll text you and see how you're doing. Not everybody's in love with Valentine's Day because of a lot of those reasons. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And um, and peers and mentors and, and just being better friends with people and being kind. I mean, I think our society has become so uh, I, I, for a lack of better words, you know, focused on Facebook and, oh, look what I've got and look what you don't have that uh, people yeah. probably feel a little out of place at times because, oh, so-and-so is going to go do this and I have to stay home or whatever. You yeah. Know? Or whatever. <laughs> but we compare ourselves to everybody's best day, um, at all times. But I do think we have gotten a little more isolated. I don't think we look out for each other like we used to. And I think, I think COVID has made us realize how important it really is. So I, I picture a better trend of people realizing they need to check in on each other. There was a lot of people that I didn't necessarily reach out to, but during COVID, I wanted to know, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? And I know I upped my game on checking on people through this time. And hopefully that won't go away for me and for other people that we'll keep doing that, that we'll realize how important that is. Do you have any last thoughts for for before we go about what um, what it means to reach out for that mental health and that mental support since you're in that business and you are a clinical director? I mean, you're speaking, you've spoken from both sides today. Yeah, I do think I love the reach for hope because I know we talk about this stuff and I know it's difficult, but we need to hold hope. And if you're not, if you're depressed right now and you can't do it, you need to find somebody who holds hope for you. And we do that because we know it's not a permanent way that you're feeling that you can get through this. Life will get back. And there is hope. There is hope for everybody out there. Yeah, there certainly is. And and, uh, it, you know, if people want to uh, reach out to someone, they can they can just they just need to do it. Right. And and do it in any way. And, you know, when you talked about people answering the crisis line and they can't say the wrong thing, well, you kind of can and then fix it. Maybe you'll say the wrong thing and then you backtrack and say, okay, I'm sorry, that wasn't helpful. But don't worry about not saying anything at all because you're worried about saying the wrong thing. I know people do that with grief and loss, that they worry so much that they'll say it wrong, that they don't talk to anyone. But it's okay. You'll, you'll come up with right thing. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you uh, so much for being on the show today and uh, for all that you do. Is Are there any uh, numbers or anything you'd like to throw out there or any websites or anything that people could go to to just, you know, get this help? I think the, t- the number you gave out was really good. Yeah. And then 
I was looking today at the Utah Suicide Prevention Plan, mm-hmm. and it is really all-encompassing. So I'd encourage people interested in this topic to look at the information how, how contained do they find there. That? I just went to, I just Googled Utah Suicide Prevention Plan, yeah, and they have all their statistics, what they're doing, and how the whole state is working on this is and a I problem. Know, and I know there's a a plus sign and a plan that's in blue that you can put on your phone too, that we'll be talking about. That's an app that that works too. So I think that that's really going to be great going into the future for people. The more information that we have, um, the more we can help people and, and know that you're not alone because when you talk about isolation, that's the part of the whole problem is feeling alone. Yeah. Well, I appreciate all you're doing because I think that, is exactly doing that. It's taking a difficult topic that people aren't sure about, but just bringing it out into the open and saying, let's talk about it. And we are all here to help each other. And here's how we do that. So you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Appreciate that. And I appreciate all the people and the members on the committee and our website that also has a lot of videos and things on it that people can go to. It's reachforhopeutah.org. So thanks again, Sherry, for, for joining us today. And And thanks to uh, all of you out there that have been uh, listening to us for the last year or so. Um, Remember that uh, hope is just a phone call away. So reach out for hope because if we can help, we certainly will. And reach out to help others. Shine some light and hope on them. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.